0: Welcome to Music History Monday for July 18th, 2022. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is A Debussy Discovery. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. An oft-told tale worth telling again. Before getting into the date-specific event-slash-discovery that drives today's post, permit me, please, to tell the story of the greatest manuscript discovery of all time. The ancient city of Jerusalem sits at nearly 2700 feet above sea level less than 15 miles south of jerusalem sits the dead sea which at 1300 feet below sea level is the lowest point on earth in november of 1946 three bedouin shepherds muhammad ed dib his cousin juma muhammad and his friend khalil musa we're looking for a stray goat or a sheep. The story shifts around the cliffs at the northern end of the Dead Sea. According to the story they told, Muhammad-ed-Dib threw a rock into a cave on the side of a cliff, thinking the stray animal was inside and that the rock would chase it out. Instead of hearing a frightened bleat, he heard pottery breaking. Lowering himself into the cave, He found three ancient scrolls wrapped in linen. Having climbed out of the cave and shown them to his companions, the guys went back into the cave and found four more scrolls, seven in all. They put them in a bag, and on returning to their camp, hung the bag on a tent pole. It is believed that among the three scrolls Muhammad-ed-Dib initially removed from the cave, was the Great Isaiah Scroll, the oldest complete biblical manuscript ever discovered. Muhammad el Dib, Juma Muhammad, and Khalil Musa initially brought the scrolls to a Bethlehem-based dealer in antiquities named Ibrahim Ijah, who told them that they were worthless. Undaunted, the trio eventually found a buyer and sold four Of the seven scrolls, including the great Isaiah scroll, to the Syrian Orthodox Archbishop of Jerusalem, Metropolitan Athanasius Yeshu Samuel, for roughly $250, about $2,500 today. On November 29, 1947, roughly a year after the scrolls were discovered, and on the same day, the United Nations voted to create the State of Israel, a Jewish archaeology professor at Hebrew University named Eleazar Sukhanik, 1889 to 1953, bought the other three scrolls in Bethlehem. He took the bus back to Jerusalem, carrying the scrolls in a paper shopping bag. In his effort to sell his four scrolls, Metropolitan Samuel, placed an ad in the Wall Street Journal on June 1st, 1954. The ad read, quote, Miscellaneous for sale. The four Dead Sea Scrolls, biblical manuscripts dating back to at least 200 B.C. are for sale. This would be an ideal gift to an educational or religious institution by an individual or group. Box F." two zero six, the Wall Street Journal. Unquote. After extended negotiations held at New York City's Waldorf Astoria Hotel, those four remaining scrolls were purchased on behalf of the State of Israel for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, roughly two and a half million dollars today, by the Hebrew University professor Benjamin Mazar, nineteen oh six to nineteen ninety five, and the son Of Eliatsar Sukunik, the Israeli soldier, politician, and archaeologist Yegael Yadin, 1917 to 1984. Those seven scrolls found by three Bedouin shepherds that day in November 1946, the first of the Dead Sea Scrolls to be found and today owned and treasured by the State of Israel, collectively comprise the single greatest manuscript discovery of all time. I have offered up this extraordinary story because after the Dead Sea Scrolls, any subsequent discovery of a manuscript or manuscript seems rather, well, less significant. Nevertheless, on July 18th, 2003, 19 years ago today, a newly discovered work by the great French composer Claude Debussy, 1862 to 1918, was publicly performed for the first time by the French pianist Jean-Pierre Armand born 1943. That premiere performance took place in a church on the Swedish island of Bludo. That newly discovered work for piano solo is entitled Les Soirs Illumines par la Dure du Charbon, which translates as The Evenings Lighted by the Glow of the Coals. The title is the first line of the second stanza of a poem by Charles Baudelaire, 1821 to 1867, entitled The Balcony. As titles go, Debussy's is a great one, as it describes not just the glowing warmth of the music itself, but the inspiration for its composition and the person to whom, in spirit, it was dedicated. Background In 1909, the 47-year-old Debussy was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. He lived the cancer lifestyle for an astonishing nine years until it finally did him in, on March 25, 1918. Those nine years were, as we might expect, physically challenging, a euphemism for pretty awful, or so I think. In 1915, he underwent one of the first colostomy operations in which a portion of his large intestine was removed and the remaining healthy portion was connected to an incision which, quote, provides an alternative channel for feces to leave the body into a colostomy bag," I've probably already mentioned this at some time or another, but present circumstances demand that I mention it again. Many years ago, I was gifted with a copy of the Colostomy Newsletter issued by the Berkeley, California-based Alta Bates Medical Group. The name of the Colostomy Newsletter was, and perhaps still is, the semicolon. By the spring of 1917, Debussy's pain and exhaustion had robbed him of his ability to work. By July of 1917, he could hardly motivate himself to get dressed. He wrote to his publisher, Jacques Durand on July 22, 1917, quote, There are mornings when the effort of dressing seems like one of the twelve labors of Hercules. I long for anything to happen that would save me the trouble, even a revolution or an earthquake. Without being unduly pessimistic, I may say that my life is a hard one, for I have to fight against both disease and myself." It appears that Debussy composed his final work, some four months before writing that letter, in March or perhaps February of 1917. That work was the short piano piece entitled, The Evenings Lighted by the Glow of the Coals. The winter of 1917 was a cold one. World War I was in its third year and shortages of every kind were straining the French population. Among the worst of those shortages was coal, with which to warm houses and cook. On February 9, 1917, Debussy wrote his friend and fellow composer Gabriel Fauré, "The cold, the scramble for coal, this whole life of domestic and other miseries gets me down more and more every day." Unquote. The genesis of the evenings lighted by the glow of the coals, is tied up entirely with the issue of coal. For someone who lived off royalties from music sales and proceeds from concert performances, the war and his illness were a combination one-two punch to Debussy's finances. By the late winter of 1917, Debussy hardly had the money to pay for coal, and he, his wife Emma, and his 12-year-old daughter, Claude Emma, nicknamed Chouchou, were facing the prospect of freezing in their otherwise lovely home at 23 Square d'Avenue-Foch in Paris. But freeze they did not, thanks to their coal merchant, one Monsieur Tronquin. Tronquin knew who Debussy was, understood the circumstances of his health and finances, and he kept the coal coming in. On February 1st, 1917, a grateful Claude Debussy wrote to Tronquin, quote, My little girl jumped for joy when the coal arrived. These days, little girls prefer sacks of coal to dolls, unquote. By the end of February 1917, Debussy decided that he needed to express his gratitude to the coal merchant Tronquin, quote, in a more personal way, unquote. The result was a two-page, 24-measure work for solo piano appropriately entitled The Evenings Lighted by the Glow of the Coals, which was composed in either late February or early March 1917. We must assume that Monsieur Tronquin treasured Debussy's manuscript because it was carefully stored and preserved in a trunk. Uh, perhaps it was a bit too carefully stored, as it wasn't discovered in that trunk in Paris until 2001. It was published in 2003 by Debussy's longtime publishers, Editions Durand. The Premier. The French pianist and Debussy specialist Jean-Pierre Armengault was tasked with giving the piece its premiere in Paris in May 2003, but for reasons I cannot discover, that concert was cancelled. Instead, the premiere took place a few weeks later, 19 years ago today, in the Bledot church in the Baltic archipelago of Roslagen, as part of a French-Swedish music festival organized by the Paris-based Swedish composer, David Lample. At the time, David Lample told the Associated Press, quote, this is the first unknown piece by Debussy that has been found since his death in 1918 and the last piano piece he wrote, unquote. The linked performance features the French pianist, Alain Planus, born 1948. It was recorded on March 11, 2018 at the Radio France Auditorium in Paris. Okay, so maybe not a Dead Sea Scrolls-level discovery, but dang, a really cool discovery nevertheless. And something to look forward to. For those Debussyites and Debussyphiles among you, I know that I would never play host a Debussy-phobe, I'd let you know that we have a major Debussy anniversary love fest coming up, as Music History Monday will celebrate Debussy's 160th birthday on August 22nd, 2022. Thank you. To sample and download one or all Of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.